2: in
3: midtown manhattan it's the fastest growing radio talk show brian kilmeade
1: hi everyone welcome to the latest minute of the brian kilmeade show so glad you're here douglas murray coming up at the bottom of the hour Brett Baer is standing by. And, of course, 1-866-408-7669. Brett's got a book ready to get out. Also good news for him. I see it everywhere. And we also have some good news for everybody in Pennsylvania. They got that escaped killer who got out of prison, and uh, they just got him. It took weeks, but they finally got him. You saw him do that crab walk up the wall, and he got out. Well, uh, they finally lassoed him in a very wooded area full of cornfields and trees. Uh, So let's get to the big three.
3: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
2: Number three. I'm not sleeping at night thinking all is well, okay? I have nieces and nephews who say, well, why should I vote for this guy? He's a little old. I say, your papa was old, too. And look what he did to help you.
1: I'm not sure that's a good explanation, but it shows legitimate concern, pressure building for bungling Biden not to run. Now it comes from The Washington Post. We'll discuss. Number two,
3: do you believe you have the right to use that money in any way that you see fit?
4: The Islamic
5: Republic of Iran will decide to spend it wherever uh, we need it.
1: Really? That's not the deal I thought we had. North Korea's tubby tyrant trains into Siberia to lend weapons to Russia. Iran gets six billion funds unfrozen by the U.S. and then snubs Joe Biden's deal. And by the way, China snubs the president of the United States and the rest of the world in the G20. What's going on with this foreign policy now? Number one. I do not make this decision lightly. Regardless
5: of your party or who you voted for, these facts should concern all Americans. The American people deserve to know that the public offices are not for sale.
1: Well, there you go. We're doing it again. Impeachment. Inquiry, that is. It's a final attempt to unwind the unsavory business activities of the Biden family. Let's see what changes. Let's bring in Brett Baer. Uh, Brett's the chief political anchor for Fox News, author of the brand new book about to come out October 10th to rescue the Constitution, George Washington and the Fragile American Experiment. Hey, Brett, what changes now that we have an inquiry without a House vote?
6: Yeah, I I think that it changes the subpoena power. It changes the uh, focus, but, you know, it's still an inquiry, uh, which was happening in Chairman Comer's committee. Uh, It just has that I word in front of it, and that becomes, you know, a political football.
1: You know, I see Andy McCarthy said it really only changes the title. The committee still do the same thing. Uh, They might have some power because it says impeachment inquiry, but without the vote from the House. It doesn't seem that they have the votes. It would be too much of a risk to do it. So this might be their only option right now.
6: That's right. And listen, remember that Nancy Pelosi didn't do the vote thing either. She moved forward with impeachment uh, without taking the impeachment vote uh, to launch it. So I think that, um, you know, listen, Kevin McCarthy has a number of things going. Let's start with there is there there. There are elements of this story that have developed and evolved that have shown more things uh, to find out. And the money trail is not done. They're not done hunting, number one. Number two, you have whistleblowers whose testimony seems to be holding up every time we get new information. Number three, though, is that it's also political, in that, you know, Kevin McCarthy needs to get spending done, needs to get, avoid a government shutdown if he can. Um, and this may mollify some of those folks who are pushing for that.
1: So the White House responded. Ian Sam's cut seven.
7: There is no evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden because President Biden didn't do anything wrong. And The purpose of what they're doing is a politically motivated, far-right, extreme series of attacks on the president and his family that are not rooted in the truth.
1: And like you said, that's just not the case. And the president's already proved to be... In-
6: yeah. Whatever you listen, you can get to the thing, find the criminality. What are you going to charge him with? Um, maybe it is obstruction of whistleblowers who are, you know, because of the or uh, government officials trying to investigate this. Maybe that's what the road to go down. But you can't say there's nothing wrong. You don't put your your son who's at a Ukrainian business. Uh, being paid by Burisma on a private email to tell him what you're doing with Ukraine as vice president. You don't go to dinner and apparently just talk about the weather for an hour with Burisma officials. That's not you can't say that that's not wrong.
1: I hear you. So listen to this, Brett. You talk about wrong. A draft letter from Ian Sam, who you just heard from, two media outlets obtained by CNN. Quote, it's time for media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening up an impeachment inquiry. Covering impeachment is a process story. Republicans say X, but the White House says Y. It's a disservice to the American public who relies on an independent press to hold those in power accountable. He's calling out the press and giving them a call to action. Did you get that
6: letter? I didn't, fortunately. I mean, our request for an interview is still pending. Um, And it has been since candidate Biden won South Carolina in the primary Um, really every week we've asked. But listen, when you have David Ignatius of The Washington Post writing an op-ed that is primary in The Washington Post saying President Biden should not run in 2024, it might not be the time to the press saying you've got our back.
1: Yeah, Dave Ignatius says you did a great thing, right guy at the right time, but you and Harris should step aside. You only have two months for a primary process to get underway, and that to me is noteworthy. The other thing that is noteworthy to me is this Iran deal. On September 11th, when we know that they've played a positive role with al-Qaeda, even though it's Shia and Sunni, uh, they came together in a hatred of us. So we're told, Uh, farcically, that this $6 billion, which is there, held in South Korea, will be held in Qatar and only used for humanitarian purposes. That's part of the deal. Listen to the Iranian president. Cut 20.
3: Do you believe you have the right to use that money in any way that you see fit?
4: This
5: money belongs to the Islamic Republic of Iran and naturally we will decide, the Islamic Republic of Iran will decide to, to spend it wherever uh, we need it.
1: Oops, uh, John Kirby was asked about this. Cut 21.
2: We're going to get five people back, five Americans that will be able to come home, be with their families where they belong and get them out of that evil uh, Evan prison. Uh, that's the main goal here. And sometimes when you when you when you're going for that and Americans need to know that we're going to continue to look out for them over there. But here, have-
1: But here's a direct response to what the Iranian president said. Cut 22.
2: I want to go back on, you know, what Matt Miller at the State Department said. It's not just $6 billion that uh, Iranians are just going to be able to write checks to whenever they want. Matt was right. They can only use this money for humanitarian purposes, and we will have the ability to stop transactions if we don't think they're going in the right direction. Well, the president of Iran Iran doesn't think that.
8: You just heard him. He said, we'll use that money however we want. Yeah, he's wrong. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. He's just Uh, wrong. That's not
2: the way the deal is structured. How how can
1: you do this uh, deal when they fundamentally don't don't agree?
2: Who's going to win?
6: The Iran president or the NSC spokesperson? <laughs> Who who's going to be the person that makes the decision on the money?
1: Great point, Cutter. Qatar. Cutter's got the account,
6: and Cutter has a loyalty to Iran. I mean, it's. Um, I agree with you. It's it's there's it's fishy. It is great mm-hmm. always to get Americans out of horrible situations and to get Americans home, but you know we as a country have never or tried to not publicly. Uh, pay ransom for people uh, because it encourages more activity like that.
1: No kidding. Uh, Brett, have you picked your panel yet?
6: I am in the process of picking the panel. I've got some moving pieces, but I guarantee you it will be fair, balanced, and unafraid.
1: Do you just get in there and they put headshots on your desk and you just (laughs) take a look and you imagine them with you?
6: Believe it or not, I choose them a month in advance, Oh yeah, and sometimes they have other things that are going on. Gotcha. Uh,
1: I'm excited about your book.
6: (laughs) I'm excited about it. Yeah, October 10th. um, I was just down at Mount Vernon uh, taping some stuff for an hour special that we'll do, and um, it's really fun. I think that this book uh, about the founding and the forming of our country is really important at this time, and um, hopefully it's readable like, like the other ones.
1: I, I to, to the rescue, uh, uh, to rescue the Constitution, George Washington and the Fragile American Experiment. Go get him, Brett. Thanks so much. Thanks. Back in a moment.
3: Coming to you on a need-to-know basis, because, man, do you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it...
3: He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade.
5: Despite these serious allegations, it appears that the president's family has been offered special treatment by Biden's own administration. Treatment that not otherwise would have received if they were not related to the president. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation By the House of Representatives. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American
1: Mm. public. So every Democrat's upset by this, but just think about this. Let's talk about some of the evidence that he's discussing. All right. First, he told us It's not my son's laptop. It's classic Russian disinformation. When Donald Trump put Rudy Giuliani to go through Ukraine, don't think it was a wise move because it looks like he's investigating a political opponent. I don't want to go through that again. But there was some legitimate issues about him firing the prosecutor, about some investments, about what was Hunter doing on the board he knew nothing about. Does he speak Ukrainian? First off, a timeline of events. Remember, the big guy labeled an unspecified Chinese deal. We're told... By James Gillard, as well as Tony Bobulinski, that the big guy, 10% of the big guy, is Joe Biden. The whistleblowers that came forward. Gary Shapley talked about how they were, not, they were told not to investigate the president's family. Uh, the Justice Department was tipped off before they could go into a garage that had additional information. As they tried to find out about taxes and money earned, Tony Bobulinski came forward even before the election. What about Hunter's WhatsApp message, 2017, quote, I am sitting here with my father. I'm trying to think who his father is. Oh, that's right, Joe Biden. And we should would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. He is yelling in words in a WhatsApp message to an executive in the energy company in China who's affiliated with the government. What are you doing? You're vice president of the United States. Are you sitting next to your son? So what Shapley said, they wanted to geolocate the president and find vice president, find out if he was there. They told him, don't do it. What about the shocking voicemail? Joe to Hunter after the New York Times article. Hey, pal, it's dad. It's Wednesday. If you get a chance, just give me a call. Nothing urgent. I just wanted to talk to you about that article released online. It's going to be printed today at the Times. It was good. I think you're in the clear. And anyway, if you get a chance, give me a call. This is why 60 percent of the public, according to a CNN poll, believes that Joe was was doing business with Hunter and 42 percent think it's illegal. This is a CNN poll. You still think, Democrats, there's nothing here. What about the D.C. dinner and archery uh, archer, Devin Archer testimony? Then VP attended a dinner with Hunter's Ukrainian uh, with Hunter's Ukrainian contact. This guy Kazak and Russian business associates in 2015. At Cafe Milano, the White House at first denied Joe's attendance. Then when photographs emerged of Joe in attendance, it claimed it was only a brief stop. But Hunter's friend Devin said he stayed for over an hour and attended another similar dinner a year earlier. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, what logical person could possibly buy the story that Joe Biden knew nothing about the the son's business dealings? When he was the business, the influence was not Hunter. It was Joe Biden, the influence. The money is real. We know about 20 million. But what if I told you there's over 125 suspicious SARS report, suspicious reporting of documents and bank records? And Nancy Mace told us yesterday that those SARS reports are classified. If you could see what she saw, you would have launched the same thing. Devin Archer to House Oversight. How many times would you say that Hunter put his father on speakerphone or referenced his father being on the phone in front of others who were either foreign investors or foreign nationals who were soliciting business with or working with approximately? Archer's response, approximately? The differentiation between investor and normal course of day, you know, that's a very hard thing to speculate, but he... They spoke every day. He acknowledged that they spoke every day. And he would, you know, sometimes make it apparent that he spoke to his dad. And sometimes he put him on speaker. But as far as qualifying the number, uh, you know, I would know 20 times over 10 years. What? 20 times doing business? Your dad calls and you put him through? Or you told him to call and you need him to come through? And for those like Jamie Raskin who pretends that Joe would have to say, how much money am I getting? How much is my son getting? And can you, here's my here's my account number. Can you deposit it in my bank account? That doesn't happen. We all know it doesn't happen. Why are we pretending that it happens? It doesn't happen. So the fact is, without that deposit slip, they're not going to buy it what I think it does is this. We don't have the, there's no votes in the Senate for this. There might even be votes in the House. But if a guy gets elected because of his honesty and integrity to return to normalcy, and we see how chaotic the world is right now, and we see how out to of touch the president is right now, and then we find out that he was never on the up and up, don't you think the voters who didn't know that in 2020 deserve to know it all in 2024? And then you make your choice. I don't care who the Republican is, you should know who you're picking. It didn't stop the Democrats from slamming the inquiry, cut nine.
4: There is zero evidence
7: of any malfeasance
4: on the part of President Joe Biden. There's been no
7: evidence, and so they're using this word inquiry. There is no direct evidence, and they would be going forward with an impeachment inquiry based on lies.
4: I think the impeachment
1: inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. MAGA
5: Republicans have launched an illegitimate impeachment inquiry that is a kangaroo court, fishing expedition and conspiracy theater rolled into one. Oh, my God. Really?
7: Oh, my gosh. You know, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> Ooh, don't do it. Please don't do it.
1: That was Senator Fetterman. I guess he put on 100 pounds and has a small mustache now. And, I, you know, he was kidding around, so it's sarcasm. Maybe he's back to normal, that he hasn't been normal in about a year. I hope for himself. And he says, I know the president's total, totally innocent. I don't think anybody, when they go into the cloakroom or go over to Starbucks, look at each other and say, yeah, the president had nothing to do with that. Moscow mayor, Kazakhstan, China Energy Company, flying to Mexico to meet Carlos Slim and with the vice president, Chad, I guess, Air Force, too. I'm going to ask Douglas Murray the big picture, also about our foreign policy. North Korea's leader goes over to Russia. Man, so much going on. So glad you're here. Don't forget, I'll take your calls, one 408 7669
3: Information you want, truth you demand. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
0: Even if they're not directly spending this money, they can, it'll free up other money for them to spend exactly the way they want. And remember, this announcement kind of came to light on the anniversary of September 11th. And we know that Iran has been uh, a supporter, a resource for al-Qaeda. So there's salt in the wound here as well.
8: And we know that Iran is still the world's most active sponsor of terrorism. And this is not a latent
0: threat. This is an active Mm -hmm. threat. Iran has seized five tankers just in the last couple of years. They're harassing ships to the point where the United States has recently, in the last few weeks, sent a warship, some fighter jets in the region to protect commercial shipping around Iran. So Iran continues to be a direct threat to American interests.
1: Yep. And that's why we gave them $6 billion. Uh, Joining us now, Douglas Murray, to make sense of the world, because I'm getting a little confused. Fox News contributed to National Review Institute, fellow author. Of, uh, also uh author of the war on the west douglas first we have so much to discuss mm. first off on the iranian deal mm. little problem iran was going to they're gonna get your money but leave it in Qatar, and you could only use it for humanitarian purposes mm. the president i just played the clip the president of iran goes i don't know what you're talking about we're using it the way we want and we have admiral kirby say they don't know what they're talking about your thoughts about the swap and the billions
9: First of all, it's an example of a fiction, a fiction entirely of our own creation, that entities like the Iranian revolutionary government have uh, different entities within them which don't speak to each other as if there's a separation of powers, as if if you give the Iranian government X billions of dollars, it would use them only in one part of the government. It doesn't work like that. This is a fiction of our own creation. It's the same way in which Western countries have created the fiction, for instance, that there's a political wing of Hamas which is totally separate from the uh, military wing of Hamas. Same thing with Hezbollah. None of these terrorist entities actually regard themselves in that light. They are, all of them, one thing. There it is, the Iranian revolutionary government, that's it. You give money to a part of it, you give it to all of it. Same thing with Hamas, same thing with Hezbollah. I still am baffled after all these years by the fact that more people in America and the wider West Don't just push back every time you hear an official talking about these things as if they are these sort of carefully segregated separation of powers entities. As Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, said this morning, not one buck of this money is going to go to help any Iranian civilian. Not one buck. Guaranteed.
1: What is our objective? To get our people back. Admirable. But one thing. If you're an Iranian-American, if you go to Iran, I know you have family there. You're on your own. We can't keep doing this. These people just get captured from their living rooms mm-hmm. of their maybe parents' house. But if you go over there, we can't keep writing checks to get you out. Well, this, is,
9: this, this goes to a sort of a deeper confusion we have about exactly what the Iranian government is all these years after the revolution. There have been repeated attempts in the last 40 years to normalize the government treat them as a normal entity. It happened in the early uh, 2000s. It's happened again in recent years. But the message has to be given out again. This isn't a normal entity. We have had, as you say, Brian, repeated hostage trading of this kind, hostage stealing of this kind. The Iranians have done it with people from multiple Western countries, including America. And as you say, part of this comes about because we're not, completely clear, and we should be, about what this government is at this stage. It remains the revolutionary government that it has been since 1979.
1: We're clear, and we still want to do business with them. Barack Obama wanted to do business. John Kerry Mm. wanted to do business. This administration wants to do business. And if you're clear on what they are, then, of course, the American people wouldn't be for this.
9: Yes. a, A lot of this comes to the fact that, of course, the current administration in Washington has since the beginning wanted to go down the normalizing Iran route, most obviously by the entry back into the P5 plus one nuclear arrangements, which they feel very resentful that America was pulled out uh, from by former President Trump. Um, This uh, administration in Washington, sadly, is yet another Washington administration which believes that you can somehow bring Tehran in from the cold. Mm. And I'm afraid it just isn't in Washington's gift
1: They pick sides. As soon as those drones started arriving in Russia, they are saying, the hell with you, America. You could say whatever you want. I'm not even trying to be diplomatic. I'm not even putting them in funny boxes. Mm. I'm going to hand them to you in full display and tell you these are Iranian.
9: And that should have surprised nobody because when we were in a closer theater to Iran, specifically in Iraq, for over a decade, the Iranians were blowing up killing American troops with IEDs that had Iranian markings on them. We knew whenever a Humvee was attacked by an IED in Iraq that the, the IED in question had not been made from Fallujah. It was an EFPA. Yeah, it had all the markings each time that this was from the Iranians. So... 've all they've done this with us for years it's a very strange relationship we're in again we keep hoping they're going to be something which they're not um in fact you know there's a, there's a great story when general Petraeus first arrived in, in Iraq you probably know it um that he was sent a, a, a letter by the now very famous uh, Soleimani um, saying you know, don't bother with all of these small jihadist groups I'm your enemy I the, the representative of the Iranian government I'm your enemy Yeah. Now, they do that all the time. It's only us who says, oh, maybe shucks, maybe they don't mean it.
1: So today there's a big push with Republicans and I'm not in that push. I don't think it's right. I don't think it should be a Republican or Democrat thing. But it's the way this administration is slow walking. A lot of the weaponry they first refuse and then think about and Mm -hmm. then eventually deliver, which has people who want to see Ukraine be successful uh, pulling out their hair. But now we have North Korea's president, um, the Hermit King leader, Kim Jong-un, arrived by train into Siberia to set up a formal agreement, a no-limits agreement with Russia. And we assume it's going to be armaments and artillery. You told me you were in North Korea. Mm. You witnessed their military parade. Yes. What do they have to offer?
9: I think I'm one of the very few Westerners who actually I managed to see a military parade got out. in Pyongyang and get out um, – I actually made a survey a lot of their military kit. Uh, my estimate, uh, I sort of passed through much more expert friends afterwards, is that the, with all of their kit, the North Koreans could do an awful lot of damage to Seoul, but they'd be wiped out by the time that was halfway through. So I don't believe that the North Koreans are a well-equipped uh, military by any means. I can tell you, I've 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 smelt the belching black smoke of their old Soviet tanks as they stagger down the highways of Pyongyang to show off to the citizenry. Uh, This was uh, eight years ago now. Okay. And uh, I I know that they haven't been able to get much kit, if any, since then. They've always been reliant on... They were reliant back in the day on the Soviets. They were always the embarrassing younger brother. The North Koreans were always the embarrassing younger brother of the Russians, the Soviets, and the Chinese. Uh, that relationship is a very strange one. It's it's always been like a weird family dynamic. Sometimes the younger son is a sort of embarrassment. Sometimes they sort of bring him into the family table. I have to say I do not see the arrival of Kim Jong-un in Siberia as a sign that the Russian war effort is going well. This is like calling on the weediest, least capable person you know to join you in a prize fight. Uh, it is not a sign of Russian strength. The, the North Koreans do not, so far as I think any intelligence agency knows, have the capability to create anything much more than some very low-grade uh, nuclear weaponry that doesn't work very well, of a kind that the Russians don't need. I mean, Vladimir Putin doesn't need the stuff that Kim Jong-un is so desperate to be able to make deliverable. Uh, as nuclear weapons, and what else exactly is it that they can give him? I, 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 I'm baffled by this. I'm certainly not. I'm certainly not scared by it.
1: So we we see the Ukrainians have taken fifty percent back of the land that was taken from mm-hmm. them on in the initial invasion uh, now over a year ago, and they are making some progress mm-hmm. on their counterinsurgency, which I imagine could slow down, but they will not stop this winter. They made a mistake. They admit yes. letting them dig in. That's but the right. Russians are telling Ukrainians that we are getting beat on the front line, but we're told we can't retreat because we'll get shot by other Russians.
9: Uh, well, that's been the case. That's, that's always the Russian way of war. Uh, that was how they operated in World War One. It's how they operated in World War Two. It's how they're operating in Ukraine. Uh, uh, Russia's strategic advantage has always been manpower. Uh, um, it, it can simply does simply regard human life as being very cheap, uh, other than the lives of the elite of the, uh, of the government, of course. Um, it regards the, its men as being extremely dispensable, and it doesn't mind if now, as in World War II, uh, people have to climb over the bodies of their comrades to try to get hold of a single working rifle. That's, that, 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 they don't have the regard that we have in America, for instance, for every single troop. That just isn't, isn't a part of the Russian thinking. So uh, I'm not at all surprised about that. I've heard that firsthand from uh, uh, people I've spoken to in Ukraine who say that they've they've seen the way in which uh, just phalanxes of 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 men are sent at the lines in order that they can work out where the Ukrainians are firing from. And then the offensive begins. So after after they've seen a bunch of the Russian men mown down, then they work out where the firing positions are, and then they get going. No 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 other. I mean no 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 army in the West would behave like this, but the Russians right. do, and it's not surprising. And, but it is true, agree, that the Ukrainians are, are at a slightly perilous point here. The the, the, uh, the advance has been going very very slowly. Uh, speaking to a friend There's last no week, we just cover. got back from there. There's a problem with the air cover, the and the Ukrainians are very aware. That if they don't make more progress fast, not only do they get into the winter, they get into a potentially altering political, international political landscape, which slowly starts to atrophy and support. And that's that's their biggest worry.
1: And it should be, you know, yeah, it should be because these are huge checks we're writing. Yeah. And the fact is, there's no strategy. And we have a we have an administration who feels no compunction to explain to the American people to get out a map. And let them know what is at stake and what happened before and what the ultimate goal is. The Biden administration is close to approving the shipment of longer-range missiles packed with cluster bombs to Ukraine. Typical. They're close to considering. Today, announced, we should have pilots trained by December. We have yet to deliver an Abrams tank. So people are upset by the price. I get it. But I'm upset by the slow-walking slow approval, lack of coordination among the administration, mm. which is hurting a mission which I think is necessary for American security. Are you?
9: Um, the best defense that anyone can make of the Biden administration is that it is very delicately trying to avoid whatever a tripwire might be. We um, were talking about Korea earlier. but Remember in the Korean War, There was a there was a certain point, a parallel in Korea, which when the American forces, in fact, United Nations forces went north of it. Suddenly they tripped the uh, Chinese army and the Red Army came flooding down in the millions. And and then the war was really in trouble. Uh, I think the Biden administration has an, an exaggerated fear of such a tripwire with the Kremlin at the moment. Which is what exactly Nuclear. Yes, what exactly is the thing that would be uh, insufferable uh, for Putin? And so they've been going very, very slowly with each delivery, each new stage. Um, I, I, my own view is that they've been going far too slowly, uh, but I do understand that caution. I mean, if you'd have said at the beginning of the conflict, and there are some sort of hawks who who, who wanted this, was give the Ukrainians everything they want from the get-go, I think that would have been unwise uh, politically. Uh, it would have risked humiliating Putin straight away, and it, it's undoubtedly a delicate balance. Um, as I say, I think that the Biden administration in its supplying is going too slow for my own uh, desire because I'm acutely aware, as you are, that... You know, the the appetite for, among others, the American taxpayer is limited. I mean, it was limited in in previous conflicts involving American troops. So goodness knows, of course, it's going to be limited in a conflict not involving American troops. Um, uh, But I just think that I think that people have to in this whole thing remember that the first aim of Vladimir Putin failed immediately. They did not decapitate the Ukrainian regime. They didn't decapitate the Ukrainian government. That remains strong. The Ukrainian people remain strong and unified. And the main aim of, that, he, that Putin professed, which, of course, was such a lie that that NATO was pushing into his borders. If that was his great fear, it has already backfired because the border that, that Russia shares with NATO has expanded enormously since. Because, of course, we now have two new members in NATO.
1: More with Douglas Murray. Today, Significant, the Washington Post, the latest to say Joe Biden should not run. Don't move.
3: Giving you everything you need to know. You're with Brian Kilmeade. From his mouth to your ears, ears. it's Brian Kilmeade. I think that's an
5: absolutely legitimate concern. The you know, presidency is not a job for someone that's 80 years old, and there's nothing you know, wrong with being 80. Obviously, I'm the governor of Florida. I know a lot of people who are elderly. They're great people. But you're talking about a job where you need to give it 100%. You need you need an energetic president. And I think that if the founders could, could kind of look at this again, I do think they probably would have put an age limit uh, on some of these offices.
1: So that was Governor DeSantis essentially saying Joe Biden's too old, but so is Donald Trump, Douglas Murray.
5: That's right. It's
9: a it's a careful message he's putting out there. Uh, not least I, I like that line about the residents of Florida. He, he's aware of the electorate as well. Yes, um, it, it does actually have to be said this because it it's it's it, it does sound bad to some people's ears when people. And sometimes it is actually cruel the way in which people talk about Biden Um There are plenty of people who are cognitively completely capable, of course, way into their 80s and 90s. I have a 98-year-old friend who's sharp as a button. Um, But but that's unusual. And uh, Joe Biden is aging in a perfectly normal way. And I think most people can see it, that he's simply slower. Um, He... It is not the case that that these rambling, half-truth stories he tells are something new. He's been doing this for his whole career, as you know. Whenever says, you know, look, he said he was a ground zero the day after nine eleven. This is sort of this is the sort of thing yeah, no. Joe Biden's done all his life. Yeah, I was in mm-hmm. Afghanistan. I went uh, hurtling towards the Taliban, uh, who said to me, "No, don't do it, Mister sure. Vice President." But I said, oh, shucks." Uh, and then, uh, I mean, this is this is typical peak Biden. But uh, I think everyone can see, and it's obvious at every summit that he's just not operating at full whack. And we need him to. And we need him to. The w- there, but there is a danger. Just very quickly, there is a danger that Republicans over uh, over uh, talk this. I think that Donald Trump did this before the twenty twenty election. You remember Trump said, you know, Joe, he's not, he's not there, he's not with us anymore. It was a funny and cruel line. But then when Biden turned up to the debate, he did okay. I mean, he he didn't yeah. do great, and unfortunately, Trump didn't allow him to Light speak, out. so yeah. he just didn't, you know, get a chance to just show how how rambling he can be. But good point that there is a risk that Republicans overtalk this, and all it then requires is for Biden to stand on stage and like do one sentence, okay, and and all the New York Times and Washington Post would be clapping like seals.
1: The Washington Post, Dave Ignatius said, "Hey, you did a great job. Step aside, Kamala Harris." Whatever you think of her, she's got talent, but the American people and Democratic Party won't rally around her. We only have two months to get other nominees. How significant is it that that editorial's in the Washington Post right now?
9: I I think it's the breaking of the dam. I've long thought that Joe Biden wouldn't be the nominee for the next election, uh, and I still stick by that prediction. He's not going to make it, and this is a sign that his own side is turning on him.
1: Who's going to tell Harris?
9: Oh, I hope it's not me.
1: (laughs) Douglas Murray, thanks so much. Brian Kilmerjohn.
3: From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City, always seeking solutions, never sowing division, it's Brian Kilmeade.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest minutes of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, Steve Hilton will be here any minute, Uh, Senator Marshall Blackburn, too. Uh, We're still looking at the press conference. They got that escaped prisoner over in Pennsylvania. That is good news. It took weeks to find him. The prison, a mess. Can you imagine one guy escaping by doing the crab up a wall and over barbed wire? And then two weeks later, another person does the exact same thing. So they obviously have problems with that prison. I salute everybody who worked 24-7 to get this guy. I can't wait to see the after action report. And one thing that you're not going to hear about, that he did not belong here, an illegal immigrant from Brazil. And speaking of that, let's get to the Big Three.
3: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
2: Number three. I'm not sleeping at night thinking all is well, okay? I have nieces and nephews who say, well, why should I vote for this guy? He's a little old. I say, your papa was old, too. And look what he did to help you.
1: Yeah, Donna Brazile, I don't love the analogy or the allegory, but I do love the theme. For her to say what she says about the trouble the Democrats are in, and Joe Biden specifically, it's a message to her party. We'll discuss
4: it. Number two.
3: Do you believe you have the right to use that money in any way that you see fit?
4: The
3: Islamic Republic of Iran will
5: decide to spend it wherever uh, we need it.
1: No kidding. North Korea, the tubby tyrant, trains into Siberia to lend weapons to Russia. Shows desperation? Yeah, I think so. Iran gets six billion funds unfrozen by U.S. and then snubs joe biden uh china does at the world at the g20 our enemies are uniting as the u.s uh up for the challenge i smell nothing but weakness and incompetence
5: number one i do not make this decision lightly regardless of your party or who you voted for these facts should concern all americans the american people deserve to know that the public offices are not for sale
1: Yep, that was Speaker McCarthy making it official. We have another impeachment. It's an inquiry. Joining us now, Steve Hilton. Steve, almost since you came over, we've been impeachment heavy from the UK. We saved you from that nation and brought you to this one, and you've brought nothing but chaos. Why is that?
10: Because I love this country so much. I want to keep the entertainment going. we got to keep conversations happening. It's all about making it fun for you, Brian. That is the really? whole point of my existence ever since I set foot in this wonderful country. I did
1: not know that, but this is good to know when you're on the record because we are live. Uh, Steve Hilton, this impeachment inquiry, did Kevin McCarthy have a choice?
10: I think he didn't have a choice, but not for the reason people are saying. So the the, the the knock on him is that this is all just his weakness – his party uh, insisted on it, shows that he's not a leader. I think it's exactly the opposite. The reason he had to do it was because of the facts that have already been uncovered yes. by the investigation that's already been going on. When you see this catalogue of absolute corrupt behaviour, these bank accounts, all these family members enriching themselves, the aliases, the email aliases while he's vice president, this is clearly an episode of corruption that's been going on for years. And the exact reason it's so important that this is uh, raised to the level of an impeachment inquiry is because, is because of the argument you hear from the other side. So they say all the time, they don't even bother denying now that there was influence peddling. They, everyone admits that. But what they say is, look at the phrase, there was no wrongdoing. That reveals the problem here. They don't think any of this is wrong because this is what everyone does. This is the swamp business model. This whole thing reveals the corruption that's actually at the heart of our system. It's incredibly important. That's why we need to really make an example of it as a deterrent to this kind of corruption going on and on forever.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what changes with the inquiry as opposed to the impeachment that gets voted on and ultimately would stop in the Senate, you imagine, because most of the Republican senators aren't for this. But starting with the laptop, not real. Turns out it's real. Yeah. Starting with I never knew anything about my son's business dealings. We yeah. never discussed it, too. I never was involved with it, but I knew about it because he was at dinner and he was calling into meetings. And now we know an alias. How many times he was CC'd? on international issues He's that we can't get president. from the National
10: Archives. By the way, there's two other things. One which has been discussed but seen, but people have forgotten about. And there's another thing I just want to lay out for you, uh, which is just not in this conversation at all and should be. First of all, remember, they say, well, the defense is, but, well, Biden didn't, benefit. there's nothing, he didn't make any money from this, nothing to do with him. Wait a second. Do you remember on the laptop, one of the emails or texts that came out was, well, he was he was arguing with, I think it was an ex-wife, or I don't know whoever it was, Hunter was saying, well, you don't have to give half your income to Pops like I do. So that's evidence right there that the money that Hunter was making was going directly to Joe Biden. But on top of that, there's an aspect of public corruption here, which has just not been discussed. At the time that all this was going on, you had Joe Biden in charge of Ukraine policy. He directed... Billions of dollars of taxpayer money, U.S. taxpayer money, to go to the Ukraine energy industry while his son was on the board of a Ukrainian energy company. They then hired, Barisma hired as a lobbyist, John Kerry's former chief of staff. By the way, at this time, John Kerry is secretary of state. That guy, he's called David Leiter. He was Barisma's lobbyist, John Kerry's former chief of staff. Paid $90,000 by Barisma. He then, immediately after that, gave $60,000 in donations to two Democrat senators, Gene Shaheen and Ed Markey. What do they do? They write a letter to Biden saying, we need to send more money to Ukrainian energy industries. That's total mm. corruption. And that's public money that was going. Now, the question we... And I, I laid all this out there from public sources, put it four years or so ago on my show. And I said, from the public information, we can't tell... How much of that U.S. aid that went to the Ukrainian energy industry, how much of that ended up in Burisma's bank account? That's the question they need to be asking in this Mm -hmm. impeachment investigation because that is direct corruption and it's Mm -hmm. public money.
1: Shokin said they took Crimea without uh, without firing a shot. And he told me that wouldn't have happened if Joe Biden wasn't in charge doing what he was doing in that country. And I wanted to get to the bottom of that. And he yes. says, "He'll oh, be in my book if I could get a publisher. He's in desperate straits. He's on monthly income. He is not a rich guy. And he's been tried to be poisoned, mercury poisoned twice. And he said, I was investigating Burisma. And I was concerned about Hunter and Devin Archer on that board.
10: Yeah. The issue with that, with that, with that whole aspect of the story is that there were other countries, not just us here in America, that were pushing for his removal. And so that is not as clear cut to me as the, as the, what I call cash for gas, taxpayer money to the energy industry. Burisma is a leading energy company. That's the part, I think, that really hasn't been investigated enough. I really hope they focus on it. I mean, I, I put this all out there years ago. Every time I had coma on my shirt, I said, when are you going to look into that? Is he? Well, I hope so. That's the whole point, surely, of having this extra layer of investigation. And presumably they'll be able to really get into where the the money flows here. And it's not just private money. It's not just Burisma funding the Biden family. This is Burisma funding Democrat senators as well as the Biden family and the Biden family, Joe, and the senators directing taxpayer money to Burisma. That's the the central allegation. I think that's what should be the focus of all of this. No one's even talking about that.
1: So when you look at the war right now, this is all over the war. Republicans are going, you know, that Ukraine, that got my president impeached. You know, that Ukraine, Joe Biden is up to no good there. Uh, I don't really want anything to do with that country. We're wasting too much money. Our border is broken. You've heard the Republicans make that argument.
10: Well, um, some of that is true. I agree with most of it. I mean, it's certainly true about the border. Um, but the point is that why should that be an excuse for not digging into an absolutely clear and egregious corruption scandal? And just because everyone else does it in Washington, and that's the fact. I mean, that, that's why they don't take this Do you seriously. you think like this? Or is no, this, this is the worst. Example. And this is what I always said about Joe Biden, that he is the worst of the worst because he's the absolute archetype of the swamp. This is what his whole career has been this, fifty years. This is you, what he's been doing. Do you think on some level he's saying what's the problem? Totally. No, that and, and not just him. All the people in DC. You watch the the way the, the DC, the swamp right. reporters, those who are kind of in met they all go to dinner with each other, they hang out with each other, they're on each other's lobbying firms and all the rest of it. They know, this is they think this is normal. And they mm-hmm. and in more than that, they think it's justified on one level because they say this is what they think i'm I'm telling you from from personal experience well look we go into public service they call it public service we don't get paid very much all our friends are earning a fortune Mm. in the private sector why shouldn't we make a bit of money that they think this is this is actually almost that they're entitled to do this kind of corruption because they're not paid very much through their taxpayers
1: steve Hilton, great to see you fantastic all right be here you enjoy yourself in california
10: we love it. I'm working hard to turn it around, Brian. That All is right. my focus. I it. want you to be – can you be governor? <laughs> I'm working hard in whatever way I can. We're doing a ballot initiative to solve our housing crisis. You can find out more. Golden Together, that's my new organization. It's I fantastic. love it. Yeah. A man of action. All right.
1: Uh, back with your calls, 1-866-408-7669. Bottom of the hour, Senator Marshall Blackburn, Brian Kilmead Show.
3: Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmead. A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
7: Politics of impeachment in, in the major cases, and you can always find you know a precedent for what, what you're looking for. The, Republic, the radical Republicans tried, started trying to impeach Andrew Johnson in December of 1865. But the fact that that's the precedent, Reconstruction, a civil war, is deeply disturbing. And I think that, sure, there could be a backlash... Uh, it may be that our analogies uh, to the 1990s are are pointless at, the, at, at this juncture.
1: Yeah, and I hope John Meacham was referring to not the impeachment inquiry, but the use of the 14th Amendment to say that Donald Trump's ineligible to run in the reference to 1875. Uh, that's what they're going back to. I hope that was it, because John Meacham is a great guy, genius, uh, and he is just so anti-Trump, he has gone way to the left and, you know, he was endorsing some of my history books and he would come on for every book and one was better than the next. And the Bush family loved him. But something about uh, when Trump came out, he just could not tolerate him. And if you watch him, he is now somebody who met with Joe Biden, who told Joe Biden, you could be like FDR, which is crazy because Joe Biden believed it. Ricky, you're in South Carolina. Hey, Ricky.
6: Good morning,
1: Brian. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind?
6: So, my issue is that a lot of people are not understanding why we're sending weapons to Ukraine. Uh, back in the 90s, Bill Clinton, as the President of the United States, Russia and Ukraine signed a treaty. If Ukraine gave up their nuclear weapons, yep. Russia would not invade and the U.S. would defend them. So, why are we complaining about doing something that we agreed to do? How about if we didn't word do it? Is not golden, hey,
1: hey, Ricky, we didn't do it. They took Crimea without firing a shot.
6: Exactly. We should have defended—we should have gave them what they needed to defend
1: Crimea as well. We were dealing with Yeltsin back then, too. Yeltsin, we thought, was trying to make efforts to a degree to bring some type of free market to Russia. And then comes Vladimir Putin, and he's bitter towards the collapse and Gorbachev and everything else. So we got a totally different regime after that. But you're right. We we told them to trust us. They gave us up their nuclear weapons, and look what they got in return. They have taken back— 50% Fifty percent of their country that they had lost after the initial invasion, and I hope they could take back more. But Russia just going to put call up another four hundred thousand reluctant citizens to go into this den of hell, and they will do some damage on the Ukrainians. And I just hope the West doesn't break because a defeat of Russia is a defeat of China. Ricky, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Uh, and th- and that's really uh, to me. J.D. Vance, who I like, is so vehemently against the war. We have other problems. We shouldn't be involved. And because of that, China and Russia are closer together, and Russia and North Korea are closer together, and Russia and Iran are closer together. Yeah, but because they tried to take out a country, we should not defend an ally because we don't want Russia together to get together with other enemies of ours. Does anyone remember World War I and World War II? If we don't stop the invading power, they take Europe. If we, we save the day both times, does anyone want to see a map? I saw this thing yesterday, and I got to dive into it. What would the world have been like if the U.S. did not get involved in major conflicts? It would not be pretty, and we would not be free in my mind. And there's no doubt about it. China is building up a, an arsenal to fight us and beat us. But that doesn't mean you turn around and let you Russia take what they want. Because you decided to collapse our border, it doesn't mean you can't let the Ukrainians have weapons to win a war they wanted no part of. I thought that was relatively given. But Joe Biden is so poisoned the well that everything that he touches, he slow walks And people that back them, like Lindsey Graham and Jack Keane and Michael McCall, are so fed up with defending the mission because they do not like how they're implementing the tactics. And next thing you know, you're defending something that's indefensible that nobody else is even talking about. So now we have an impeachment inquiry going on, which I think is going to be an ongoing, more public investigation. And I find it hard to believe, and I've already seen it changed, other outlets print, and broadcast are not going to look and say, oh, this is bank records. Why does the president need a shell company? Why does the president need a pseudo name? Why does he need to go on Air Force Two to meet with Carlos Slim in Mexico? Why was he CCing Hunter on international business deals and messages to other countries? Why did he show up at that restaurant where this business deal was going on? That's what people will say before they vote. I hope. It's an audition. This is a job interview. This should be part of the job interview. Susan in St. Louis. Hey, Susan.
11: Uh, First of all, I agree about everything that you talk about, basically. But there is one thing that I've been wanting to talk to you about is um, what are we going to do with all these illegal immigrants come winter that are on the streets?
1: Do you I mean, have a two in St. Imagine Louis? This? Susan, no one
11: talks about this.
1: Susan, how is St. Louis? Do you have a lot?
11: Well, we're getting more, I can tell you that. And uh I think they're flooding our schools, uh, for sure. And people don't realize this is gonna hurt our children on education. It is already the medical I mean, part of it. It's just disgusting what this president has done. That's all I can say. Susan, do you have kids? No, I do not.
1: <laughs> so do you know that kids before they start first day of school, they gotta get their vaccinations? I had a, oh, I
11: know. That's another thing I'm up in arms about. Oh, boy, I, am I.
1: They all go to school Horrible. unvaccinated. We've got 21,000 kids, no vaccination, uh, no polio, York, all, the stuff that, all the stuff that we just take for granted. There was no argument. You know, I have a, a chiropractor relative who didn't want to vaccinate his kids. It was the biggest story. He's a naturalist, and he had his opinions, and that's fine. But it was Absolutely. the biggest controversy about getting him into school, and he ultimately had to do it. So now you have to, and they're letting
11: all these kids for thirty days before they even have to start thinking about it. So by then, how many diseases are they spreading in our schools? That's what I want to know.
1: Yeah, and they might be great kids. Every you know, give a kid a chance. I get it, the American dream. I understand it, but this is not the way you do it. It's not the way you do it. And there's nothing uh, there's nothing wrong with prioritizing America's children over the world's children when they come to our country and try to take American kids place putting America first in America I thought it was a given I thought not selfish there's charities there's immigration groups I get it but don't just give us a hundred thousand people and say you deal with it go go have a tent go convert a school go go turn over a hotel
3: Show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. There is zero evidence of any
7: malfeasance on the part of President Joe Biden. There's been no evidence, and so they're using this word inquiry. There is no direct evidence, and they would be going forward with an impeachment inquiry based on lies.
1: I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better,
3: not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts
5: MAGA republicans have launched an illegitimate impeachment inquiry that is a kangaroo court fishing expedition and conspiracy theater rolled into one. Oh my god really
7: oh my gosh you know oh it's devastating <laughs> Ooh, don't do it please don't do it
1: How bizarre is that guy? That was Senator Fetterman at the end. And how comical is it for Senator Chuck Schumer says, the American people want us to get things done. Really? Didn't you impeach the other president twice? Didn't you actually talk about Russia every day for two and a half years? Yes, the American people want you to get things done. Senate not bringing it up. But do you understand that most of the people that dealt with your antics are still alive and engaged in the political process, one of which joins me right now, Senator Marshall Blackburn. Uh, member of the Finance, Judiciary, and Transportation Committee, Senator, welcome back.
12: I'm delighted to join you. Thanks so much for having me on.
1: So, Senator, first off, I know the Senate is not all in on the impeachment inquiry, and it's just an inquiry. There's no vote in the House. But are you? Do you find it not passing the laugh test when Akeem Jeffries and Chuck Schumer says the American people want us to get things done?
12: One of the things that we should applaud the House on is beginning the inquiry and preserving their ability to subpoena people. And Brian, you're so right for them to all of a sudden say, well, we need to be working on things to benefit the American people. They have chosen not to do anything. I mean, look at what has happened with inflation. Look at what is taking place on the border. Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday, we were all about trying to get a hearing on the the southern border and get Mayorkas in front of us. We haven't had a hearing on that. We're not looking at what is happening there, and it is affecting the lives of every single American, what is happening in our communities with drugs. So you know what? They're not focused on the American people. They're focused on what they can do to scoop up power, what they can do to protect themselves in the 2024 elections and continue to hold power. And control every single component of your day from daylight to dark.
1: Yeah, um, they can't get them to go to work. I mean, it's it's amazing to me. You only have so many business days left to avoid a shutdown. It, you guys have done your appropriations bills. I'm not sure what's in them, but I like that you did it in regular order. The House pledged to do the same thing. How is it? How important is it for them to do that?
12: It is vitally important for them to do that. We have said we wanted to return to regular order. And so the House has passed one appropriation bill out of committee. The Senate has done all 12 bills out of committee. But, of course, the process has to begin in the House. That is why you're going to see the Senate take the one bill that they have passed and put three of our appropriation bills our MilCon VA, uh, agriculture and transportation housing on that one bill and send it back over to the House for them to take action. They need to be taking up what is going to happen with the C.R., Continuing to fund the government and keep it open, the only person pushing for a government shutdown is Chuck Schumer, and he really wants a government shutdown because he thinks it helps him politically, and he can blame Republicans for it.
1: Uh, right now in the house, as you know, it's a little bit un- unwieldy. But for the most part, Kevin McCarthy's got his hands full. He Used to work there, yes. uh, in particular. Some people said he had no choice but to do this inquiry. I think James Comer's done a real good job. How much? What? How much more pressure is there now for Jordan and Comer to get the answers on how many more shell companies to get these uh, get yeah. these SAR reports out that they say are so important? and to get people like Eric Sherwin in front of them, and maybe even Hunter Biden himself.
12: Yes, and it is important, and that's why preserving that subpoena power and calling for that impeachment inquiry, beginning that process, continuing to gather information, tying down the last threads of some of these bank accounts. And, Brian, as you know, they've got the money trail, They need to tie it back to the actions to see if indeed there was involvement from the vice president for specific actions. If uh, how were these payments from China, Ukraine, uh, Russia tied into Biden, Incorporated and the president? So getting that subpoena power where they can pull additional documents, emails, banking records, and make these reports public. It is going to be imperative that they do that and that they answer this question and can say, "Here is concrete evidence. Here is an action that was taken, a phone call made, an email instruction on talking points, and here is the payment that followed."
1: So you guys have uh, done all 11. You put the bills together on all 11 spending. Has there been the has had there been the cuts that were necessary? to stop us with our $1 trillion deficit? Any cuts that you know
12: of? There have been some reductions. Uh, there, It's not enough to satisfy me. <laughs> You know, and I have filed my spending cut amendments for one percent, which is a penny on a dollar, two percent, two cents out of a dollar and five percent, which is five cents out of a dollar on the spending. I think that we should have every single agency make these reductions every year. If you did that for a period of 10 years, it is amazing what you would see. The other thing that I think is important, Brian, and this would be an action for 2025, is to, and we're going to have a Republican president. That Republican president needs to have somebody, whether it's the VP or someone else that goes through and looks at how you reshape these federal departments and agencies, so that you're using technology, you're removing ghost employees, you're getting rid of positions that have outlived their usefulness and no longer have a stated purpose. That essence of government reform would be a tremendous savings to the American taxpayer.
1: When you saw the president overseas, looking at 9-11 in Alaska, when you see him refusing to say that China is an adversary— I know there's tactics and there's diplomacy, but do you think he believes it? Does he does he believe that China is not doing everything possible to hurt us on a daily basis, preparing to fight us down the line and take Taiwan despite our alliance with them?
12: It is amazing to me that he could on a daily basis, uh, see what is happening and not realize China is an adversary. They are not a competitor, and they have not been. And his timidness in dealing with China has been such a source of frustration. Uh, His desire to be China's friend uh, has been a source of frustration. And you look at how China has teamed up with what I call the new axis of evil, Russia, Iran, North Korea. Right. Those four countries do not wish us well, and they are taking steps to make preparation for expanding their territories, for overrunning other countries. You look at what they're doing to Taiwan and the island nations in the Indo-Pacific. You look at Russia and what they're doing to Ukraine. You look at how willing North Korea—North Korea is over-meeting in Russia with Putin right now. And then you look Mm -hmm. at Iran, who has entered into an agreement with Russia to manufacture drones in Russia, and they are using those to fight Ukrainians. Uh, China is, of course, the banker on a lot of this. And, Brian, you have to say, "What? Uh, what are you looking at? What is important to you in either military strength or diplomacy? that would cause you to not realize these people do not wish you well. They are adversaries. They are trying to take you down. They are trying to diminish you without ever firing a single shot at you.
1: So let's talk about what you did yesterday. Probably really cool. The Senate, you, you, the Senate had a hearing uh, from the, in front of the Commerce Committee about AI. You brought over some pretty important people to educate us on something very few know a lot about. What did you take away?
12: What I took away is that when you talk to some of the companies that are there, you look at the intentionality that they are approaching the issue of AI with, trying to make certain that they are identifying what can be harms or misuse, and trying to make certain that we put the right guardrails in place. And, Brian, you and I have talked about the need for an online consumer privacy law so that individuals have the right to protect their virtual you, their presence online. One of the things that came up repeatedly, whether it was the Commerce Committee hearing we had yesterday or the Judiciary Committee hearing we had on AI, is the fact that step number one has to be passing an online consumer privacy protection law so that individuals have the right to hold their information, much of it uh, personal identifying information, transactional information, they have the right to hold that out of the open source on the Internet. Because AI is trained on open source information. And of course, you know, when you look at some industries like healthcare, logistics, financial services, law enforcement, uh, there are so many positive uses for AI. When you look at how facial recognition is used for human surveillance. That is a problem. We know that the Chinese Communist Party is using that right now in the Uyghurs. We know the Iranians are using it against women to make certain they're properly clothed. Uh, We also know that it is important for our creators and innovators, our songwriters, our singers, no. our entertainers, our performers, our authors, our publishers, to be able to protect their performance and their written works. And it is problematic when AI is trained on their name, their image, their likeness, their works and creations, but there is no compensation back to the entertainer. Voice cloning is a problem. And we have seen several people who have been scammed I know, or
1: do you know what yeah. to do right now? Like if someone had did a Senator Marshall Blackburn uh, voice with to your constituents, could it's possible. Are you are we ready to stop it? Are there things we can do?
12: The privacy law is step number one. And then these companies making certain that you have rogue regimes yep. who do not have access to their technology. That is something that we discussed yesterday that is going to be terribly important. And they're going to be in a gatekeeper position on much of this. And um, I'm very pleased that we have the AI forum going, going on today. And we're going to hear from uh, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and some others who are quite involved. Uh, We actually have a panel of about 20 that are going to be involved in this. That's going to be helpful. Sam Altman from OpenAI is going to be there. He's the man, yeah. Yeah, Bill Gates will be there. Uh, Jensen Huang from NVIDIA will be there. These are all people we need to hear from to know what they're thinking. Right. And, yeah. And you
1: and you got to get them in from the private sector to start helping you out, yes. don't you think? Right. Right. Uh, thanks so much, Senator Marshall Blackburn. Appreciate it. You got it. Back thanks. in a moment.
12: Honest
3: commentary, unique opinions, no agenda. It's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. They're
7: doing it because the extreme far-right members of that caucus are demanding it of Speaker McCarthy. This isn't based on anything substantive. It's based on the fact that he is being attacked from his right and he's throwing them red meat. It shows how illegitimate this inquiry really is. And, and it, it gets to something deeper. This is yet another example of trampling on the norms and the Constitution and and this stability of our democracy, the Constitution sets a standard for impeachment. And not only have they not met it, they haven't found any evidence at all to <clears throat> proceed to this.
1: So that is Ian Sam's whose job it is to be a spokesperson to push back on the investigation uh, for into Joe Biden. But it's an inquiry. We're not having an impeachment vote, even if it was a full blown impeachment. Both sides posed their side. But what they're doing is, on the fly, investigating the work of Joe Biden dating back in the 2000s and the role Hunter had. And it is complex, but it's out there. You could say, and I'd appreciate it if someone said, you know, I saw Hunter doing deals with Burisma and being on his board And I saw the energy deal with the Chinese company affiliated with the government. And I saw him in Kazakhstan. I saw him with the mayor's wife. And I saw him in 2015 with his father there. And I saw all this stuff. And I saw the shell accounts. And then I saw the SARS uh, warnings, 125 of them. And I don't think it's a big deal. Okay, fine. But you know who is? The voter. Other people, 60%. When asked, do you believe that Joe Biden was doing business with his son? Yes, 41%. Was it illegal? Yes. CNN poll. It's getting through, no matter what Eam Sam says. Brian, WTBO in Orlando. Hey, Brian.
4: Hey, good morning, Brian.
1: Uh, What's on your mind?
4: Thank you first for your your approach here. I love when we disagree because you always bring an argument that makes me have more information and ability to understand the other side. So thank you on that. No problem. But regarding the impeachment inquiry... I, I can't quite get myself comfortable because it's all stuff that's so old. And it's not stuff that, that took place during his present term. Now, it, the, anybody who's being intellectually honest has to accept that the Biden family is dirty. And maybe this will just bring that fact to more people's eyes and attention. And you voted for and, him, though, right? You know, they could do—heck okay, uh, no. No, oh, okay. no, 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 no. I am not a Biden fan at all. Uh, and I just, just try to be intellectually fair. Uh, And and maybe this will will bring that dirtiness to light. And if people want to dismiss it because oh, all politicians are dirty or politics are dirty, you know, teach their own, whatever lets them sleep at night. But I I just haven't I can't get comfortable with the impeachment inquiry because it's not anything he's done as president. Can you help me with that?
1: Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, Number one, 2024 matters because he's running. Number two, the you know what he said on the stage, and you know I know it had nothing to do with it. Fifty-one intel agent said it's not my son's laptop. Are you really? Are you kidding me? Now in retrospect, isn't it farcical? Or how easy he lied? Number two, uh, number three is foreign policy. Why is he letting China get away with certain things? What is really going on in Ukraine? Could this thing have been prevented? And it makes you wonder about decisions in foreign policy, pol- uh, policies. And then when you see that Hunter is interacting with Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, he had a lesser position back then, and Jake Sullivan. And I'm wondering, what are all these guys doing? Why are you with the crackhead addicted to hookers doing international business deals? Why is he going to the White House meeting with you? I'm sure it's not for drugs. But it was brought up yesterday. Hey, it happened before he was president. I get it. Brian Kilman,
3: News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan. It's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade.
1: Hi, everyone. Brian Kilmeade here. Thanks so much for listening. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. This hour, we're going to be joined by the great Martha McCallum. She's going to be in studio getting set for her show, The Story, at 3 o'clock. And Congressman Carlos Jimenez, uh, he's on the House Armed Services Committee, Homeland Security, and China Select Committee Man, uh, impactful committees all around, and of course, all over this inquiry, uh, this impeachment inquiry, which is causing everybody to weigh in, and it's getting a lot of attention on what Joe Biden and his family were up to. So let's get, before we get to the congressman in Florida, let's get to the big three.
3: Now, with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
2: Number three. I'm not sleeping at night thinking all is well, okay? I have nieces and nephews who say, well, why should I vote for this guy? He's a little old. I say, your papa was old, too. And look what he <sighs> did to help you.
1: Right. But no one thinks Donna Brazil that Joe Biden can do the job. Pressure building on the bungling Biden not to run. Not from Republican critics. They've always been there. Not from but from The Washington Post, David Ignatius. Why this editorial could actually draw blood on Biden. And new polls shows he's dropping like a rock in Iowa. Look
4: out. Number two. Ten.
3: Do you believe you have the right to use that money in any way that you see fit?
4: The
3: Islamic Republic of Iran
5: will decide to spend it wherever uh, we need it.
1: North Korea, tubby tyrant, trains into Siberia to lend weapons to Russia. I know, pathetic, right? Iran gets $6 billion in funds, unfrozen by the U.S. and South Korea. And then all of a sudden, China snubs Biden and the world at the G20 and beyond. Our enemies seem to be uniting against us for one reason. In my view, they smell weakness and incompetence.
8: Number
5: one. I do not make this decision lightly. Regardless of your party it. or who you voted for, these facts should concern all Americans. The American people deserve to know that the public offices are not for sale.
1: Speaker McCarthy on why he went ahead with the impeachment inquiry, but did not bring the vote to the floor. So this is what Nancy Pelosi did. What will actually change? Let's bring in Congressman Carlos Jimenez. I imagine, uh, Congressman, you are in support of this move.
13: Absolutely, 100 percent. I think that uh, it uh, may be a little overdue. I think there's been so much smoke coming out of the White House, so much evidence is pouring out that uh, we need to have this inquiry now. And and put this, uh, get as much information as we can so we can put it to the American people. It's our duty. It's our constitutional duty, uh, Brian, uh, as congressmen and women, to uh, to look for the, you know, to the, uh, what is this president? What is he being involved, with, involved in? Uh, does it reach uh, the level of uh, high crimes and misdemeanors? And, look, I mean, like I said, I mean, uh, I'm a firefighter. I've seen a lot of smoke, and when there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, and I think that uh, we owe it to the American people to find out the truth.
1: OK, uh, and I've been fascinated by this case for years and have talked to Shokin a couple of weeks ago, the prosecutor that was fired. He mm-hmm. believes there wouldn't even have been an invasion. Uh, of Ukraine ever, including losing Crimea without a shot. Without Joe Biden, he wants to expand on that. I'm going to talk to Proshenko this weekend to say, "Hey, was Shokin really your pick to be a prosecutor? Were you actually pressured by the then Vice President?" And see if the former president will be honest about that war-torn country. But Congressman, I think that the American voter needs to know who they're electing if Joe Biden runs. At the very least, we need somebody that would expose what he was or wasn't up to. Maybe there's voicemails that exonerate him. Maybe Hunter was doing wildcatting with his dad's reputation. I doubt it. But we deserve to know because Joe Biden was perfectly happy lying to us last time.
13: No, absolutely. So, look, he actually fabricated a lie. Uh, it's not that he just lied. He fabricated it. That that uh, memo that was signed by those 60-odd intelligence uh, uh, personnel. Uh, all of that was fabricated. I mean, uh, hey, Not would you laptop. be willing to do this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so to to mislead, to lie to the American people that somehow that laptop was Russian disinformation. The only thing that was disinformation was the, the memo itself. Uh, and so and that was completely fabricated by the Biden campaign to lie to the American people. Look, Joe Biden has a history of lying, 40 years uh, at least of lying to the American people, exaggerating, uh, plagiarizing, all kinds of stuff. So this is not something new. Oh, gee, first time that the president has right. lied to the American people. He's been lying for 40 years. For so he's a pathological liar. But, Congressman, so, I right, hey, believe him now. Are you kidding me?
1: So, listen, I'm all for it. And if, if he looks yeah. good in this inquiry, well, go ahead. Best of luck. Fight it out. They set up a war room to push back. But I just don't know mechanically, according to Andy McCarthy's column today, and he is a conservative uh, legal mind. He said nothing really changes because you don't really have additional powers because you didn't put this up for a vote. Now, with only a five point advantage, uh, five seat advantage, there are many Republicans that it's not to their advantage because they represent purple areas to sign on to an impeachment. So they might not. Is that the reason the votes aren't there?
13: That may be the reason, but I don't think that it's a valid reason because uh, no matter whether you're in a a Biden plus 10 and you're a Republican sitting in that seat, this is not a political question. This is about the future of this country. There is a real possibility that the President of the United States has been compromised by uh, powers that are are working against American interests, our adversaries. And if that's the case, uh, you have to put your your own uh, your, your own thoughts or your own career you know uh behind you got to put America first if in fact our president has been compromised um by by you know powers that by china by by ukraine by other other Romania etc Iran uh you have to put that first uh we have to put that first and so by the way all we're asking for is an inquiry. We're not asking to 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 right now to impeach the president. We want the inquiry in order to get the evidence to see, look, if he's not guilty, hey, give us all the information that we want, okay, to to basically clean your name, because right now it's it's not very good. So before you left, before you left in the summer,
1: they voted to put the wall up uh, in the Senate. Uh, Some Democrats voted for it, and it was gonna go to the House, and the president started selling the metal, pennies on the dollar. Uh, There's a race now to get this thing passed. Is that thing coming at you yet into your chamber?
13: The uh, the wall to, to go yeah. ahead and fund the wall again? Uh, well, well, it's we funded. Have, we, we have to HR up. two. Yeah, we have HR two that, that I think we'll will pass in that to to put the wall up and put money to put the wall up again. Uh so yeah, I think uh, you know, we, we see eye to eye and then the president will probably veto it because again the president does everything against American interests, you know, around the world. So uh, – which, again, to me leads more credence to the fact that this president is compromised. And so, look, I don't have all the evidence, and but it certainly looks that way. Uh, everything that I've seen kind of points to the fact that this president is compromised. And so right. I'm asking – if there are some Republicans that are sitting on the fence about this inquiry, uh, they need to get off the fence and, and vote for the inquiry. And I'm, and I'm thinking more and more of the moderates, right. You know, the ones from New, from New York and California are saying, yeah, the inquiry is okay. Um, and that would be the only folks that I would say, hey, maybe having some some, uh, you know, second thoughts about having the inquiry. And so the ones that I've heard from said that the inquiry is okay. They're not there yet on impeachment. By the way, I'm not there on on impeachment yet. That's what the inquiry is all about. But all the evidence is pointing that way, you know, and it, right. it just seems to be a, a massive preponderance of evidence pointing to the fact that this president, his family has been involved in influence peddling for years, especially during his years as uh, as vice president. And that if that's the case uh, and this money was coming uh, from foreign adversaries, that these foreign adversaries then have something on this president and that would be. The biggest political scandal in American history. We've had corrupt presidents in the past, but I don't think we've ever had presidents that have been maybe um, compromised by foreign interests and so, foreign adversaries. I want and you so, to hear you know, that's, I, that's what makes it so, so dangerous right now uh, to have him if, in fact, he has been compromised. I just
1: want to get another topic in. Uh, we got Martha McCallum sure. who talked to Admiral Kirby yesterday. About, uh, about this Iranian deal. We're getting six American, Iranian-Americans back. We're not sure exactly. They get six Iranians back, and then we unfreeze $6 billion of their oil money, and we give it to Qatar, and they could only withdraw this money for humanitarian purposes. The president of Iran says that is not true. We could use it any way we want. Here's John Kirby to that cut 22.
2: I want to go back on, you know, what Matt Miller at the State Department said. It's not just six billion dollars that the Iranians are just going to be able to write checks to whenever they want. Matt was right. They can only use this money for humanitarian purposes, and we will have the ability to stop transactions if we don't think they're going in the right direction. Well, the president of Iran doesn't think that.
8: You just heard him. He said, we'll use that money however we want. Yeah, he's wrong.
2: I mean, I don't know how else to put it. He's just wrong. That's not the way the deal has been structured, and that's not the way these funds are going to get dis- dispersed.
1: Congressman, you're on Armed Services Committee. You're you're privy to sure. a lot of information. Do you think mm-hmm. Iran is going to be buying, I don't know, MREs for their people <laughs> and, and putting up dormers for those in working-class neighborhoods? What's going on?
13: Well, look, uh, look. I'm sure that Iran also has has humanitarian expenses, all right? And all they have to do is just substitute what they were going to use for humanitarian expenses and say, well, I'm going to use this money for here. I'm going to buy food for this uh, neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. And then it fits the bill. But of course. that means that there's $6 billion that are free, that we're going to go to for humanitarian purposes, right, to do whatever they want. So all, all it is is a shell game, really. It's a it's a bait and switch. And they can do that very, very easily. And so, yeah, in the end, the uh, the Iranians are right. They're going to use that $6 billion however they want to. All they need to do is—, right. is Basically, Do you like this it, deal. Okay?
1: Do you like this deal? Yeah,
13: exactly. Do you like, Do it? I like it? No, heck no. No. Are you kidding me? I mean, terrible. you know, it, all you're doing is you're incentivizing more of this kind of behavior. OK, go ahead and kidnap a couple of Americans. It uh, pays. Uh, we, the, yeah. And then you're, you're going to get you're going to you know, we're, we're going to get paid for it. And oh, by the way, we can get some of our own assets back from america probably assets right. that are worth a lot more and we just so, gotta yeah, so it it's horrible it's, yeah. and we,
1: we gotta stop iranian americans from going back home because we, we just gotta say if you go back home we're not gonna bail you out you're gonna go right to prison they're gonna use you as a pawn we're not getting you out yeah. because a lot yeah. of these people are visiting their family and uh, are they crazy
13: uh meanwhile uh, yeah they they should they should look just know you're on your own their... if you go back uh well i think you're right you know, and right. uh, and then look, uh, they we already know what they're going to do. If you go back now, it, you're on your own because you already know. All right. This is not something new. Right. This is something they've been doing. This is a risk that you're taking. And the American people, you know, shouldn't be the ones that have to pay for it.
3: Just
1: real quick. The president of the United States in Hanoi, Vietnam, uh, was asked about his relations with China, even though we're lacing up all our allies who are anti-China, too. Don't look into it. Nothing to see here. Listen.
6: Really what this trip was about, it was less about containing China. I, I, I don't want to contain China. I just want to make sure we have a relationship with China that is on the up and up, squared away. Everybody okay, knows.
1: well, why don't we just admit we're trying to contain China? We're stopping them from getting certain metals and items that are going to foment and push forward their high-tech industry. We're, we understand they're trying. They're buzzing our planes and cutting off our ships. They're hacking into our government officials. Why do we have this timid stance?
13: Because that's uh, Joe Biden, and that's been Joe Biden for 40 years. He's been wrong on every single foreign policy measure for the last 40 years. What makes you think that he's going to be right now? Well, what makes the American people think that just because he's president, he was gonna be, you know, he's now going to you know, turn around and be right on foreign policy? He's been wrong for 40 years. He continues to be wrong. He's a, he shows he, he doesn't believe in strength. Uh, he believes in kowtowing, and he believes that that's how you, you know, you, you get what you want, but in fact, you get nothing. The only way that you get anything in this world is by showing strength. You don't have to be a bully, but you have to be, you have to be strong in your convictions, and yes, we have the power to back it up. He, uh, he shows none of that, has never shown any of that. And by the way, you've got to go back to question number one. Is this president compromised? We know that uh, that Hunter Biden got sweetheart deals from the Chinese. Do they have something on this president? Because he talks tough. He really does sometimes, you know. But when you really look at his actions, never right. look, never hear, never listen to what he says. Always watch what he's doing. And usually what he's doing is opposite, opposite right. of what he's saying he's doing. Uh, and so, yeah, um, you know, that, that – by the way, in front of those those allies, I, I mean I was at the – I just came back from – from a trip to to the far east to Japan to you know the Philippines Taiwan et cetera. and there they've woken up to what China is Good. and the threat that China poses uh and so for now the the United mm-hmm. States and we're there telling them hey this is a threat and so now the president of the United States right. no they're, they're, it's not a big deal they're not a big threat i mean it just sends mixed mixed messages to them that kind of confuses them but they're they're not confused mm-hmm. they know what China is and they know the threat it poses to themselves
1: all right uh Congressman, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Congressman Carlos Jimenez of Florida. Thank you, sir.
13: No, thank you, Brian. Have a good one.
1: You got it. When we come back, Martha McCallum be in studio. And, of course, we'll try to squeeze in some of your calls. Uh, The good news is that escaped convict in Pennsylvania, we got him. Sadly, he's alive. Back in a moment.
3: Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
7: We will get to expand our subpoena powers
8: and also I believe it'll give us easier access to tackling Joe Biden's bank records. I mean, look, Joe Biden could have opened a bakery in Beijing with as much dough as he and Hunter received from communist China. I mean, children and grandchildren had a lot of money from communist China. And if if he did nothing wrong, if he didn't sell out his country, then he should give us the bank records and we wouldn't have to do it this way.
1: Kellyanne Conway, obviously, talking about the impeachment inquiry. Martha McCallum here. Martha, were you surprised? Kim McCarthy made it real obvious, real quick. First day back. with doing this.
8: Well, he's walking a very fine line. He has a number of his, uh, you know, Republicans in the House who are very determined to do this. And then he's got people who are determined not to do it. I think it's a very difficult road to walk. I think he's done better than most people thought he could at navigating all of this. and, And this this is a big it's a big hill for him to climb. I do think that there's enough evidence certainly to open this inquiry, but I think like a lot of people, you you wonder how many times are we going to go back down this impeachment road and at some point does one side or the other say this is not, you know, this isn't, this isn't great for the country, but I'm not saying there's not enough evidence to have an inquiry. I think there absolutely is.
1: If Joe Biden wasn't running in 2024, I think it's a different conversation. I think at the very least they're saying you should know who you're voting for and you should know what he was up to. And you should know that that might affect his foreign policy and might have affected his foreign policy. And he looked into that camera and told you the laptop wasn't real and he knew it was his son's. Right. He told you flat out that he knew nothing about his son's overseas business dealings. And then he's involved. Now it says he wasn't involved, but he knew about it. Then he's sitting there for two hours at a dinner with uh, with uh, international executives, Brisbane executives. And then we have him 5,000 emails going back and forth with foreign countries with his son CC'd on him with a pseudonym. If you knew that, would you have voted the same you way?
8: Know, just as a quick aside here, I, I spoke with Sam Patton yesterday. He's one of two people, he and Rick Gates, who pled guilty in the Mueller investigation. Right? He had worked overseas a lot, worked in a couple of U.S. Senate um, uh, offices, you know, for Maine senators, Georgetown. You know, came up through the whole Washington. Uh, worked in Russia. Worked in other countries helping countries get on their feet with their democracy, right? Ended up in caught up in the Mueller investigation, pleads guilty to a Fara violation. I said, well, what do you think about Hunter, Hunter Biden's uh, situation? He said, well, he absolutely should be investigated for Farrah. He said, and the other thing I would mention, and he was very diplomatic. He's like, I don't, he, you know, his case will have to be evaluated. But he said, I'll tell you one thing. The woman in Russia that he, he spoke to, the mayor, Moscow mayor's wife, he said, there's no one more corrupt than that woman. I have no idea why he took millions of dollars from her. And he knows these people. <laughs>
1: Uh Martha's sticking around. David Ignatius wrote a Washington Post column. It is not just any column. Back in a moment.
3: Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
4: This combination of Joe Biden at the top of the ticket um, and the polls show people feel uneasy about somebody... Uh, who's 82, serving another four-year term. Um, that, the combination of that and people's uneasiness is reflected in polls uh, about about the vice president succeeding him. Time is running out. In another month, this, this could, it's going to be too late to have this conversation. So uh, I, I thought before it was locked in stone, it was worth at least raising.
1: Dave Ignatius, foreign policy expert, very noted author, Washington Post columnist who sat a long time with Joe Biden, probably known him for 50 years, said, great job. You were there at the right prime. Uh, Donald Trump is evil uh, and bad and dangerous. Bottom line is, Harris is not popular. You're not popular. You're old. You got to go. He did it much nicer, but that was it. Martha, you came in and you said this to me. I read this alone. You know, when you get a story and it's three in the morning and we're Mm -hmm. going, whoa, wait a second. This is big.
8: There are sort of sea change moments in political election cycles, right? I see this as one of them. I, I think this is a very significant moment. And you have to wonder, David Ignatius is very well respected. He has been around a long time. He marches to his own drummer. He doesn't need anybody's OK to write something like this. However, it would not surprise me if you know some of his the voices that he listens to said, or even potentially voices within the administration or people who are close to this whole situation in the election campaign, I, I, I don't know if this is what happened. But I think there's momentum building towards saying this, right? Look at what Jim Carville has said. Look at what David Axelrod has said. Other people are piping up and saying that this moment needs to be considered. You have to <clears throat> wonder if President Biden isn't also you know, looking for the opportunity to say, I have served. He said in the campaign... I want to be a bridge to the future I, because he was challenged on his age back then. He said, I'm a bridge to the future. Now, the problem is who's the future? That's their he's big supposed problem. To be, running and right. Ignatius, right, but it isn't. So he's in a conundrum. And essentially, Ignatius is saying, doesn't matter. We got to throw the chessboard up in the air. I thought it was uh, what, what really made my jaw drop reading that editorial was when he got around to Harris. He said, she has to go, too. I mean, he could be saying, we need to back her. People need to support. Uh uh-uh. uh. He says, she needs mm-hmm. to go too. They both need to move aside.
1: So Biden has never been good at saying no. He should have resisted the choice of Harris, who was a colleague of his beloved son, Bo, when they were both state attorney generals. He should have blocked former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, which was done considerable damage to the island's security. He should have stopped his son Hunter from joining the board of Ukraine's gas company and representing companies in China. He should certainly have resisted Hunter's attempt to impress clients by getting dad on the phone. Now, he's looking at that as a pot. He doesn't look at it as the fact that he was going to bat for his family and he knew all about it. But at the very least, this is him saying never should have picked Harris. He goes. She has skills, but she's not impressed anybody in in the Democratic Party. Yeah. Now we watched her over the weekend with Margaret Brennan. I mean, that was that was one of the worst interviews. He she did great, and she was prepared to get answers, and she got none. That was an opportunity for her to show her to show what she knew.
8: Kamala Harris is also in a very difficult spot right now, right? I mean, she is. A- can you imagine what the tension is like between these camps in the White House at this point? Because he may have to run again because she didn't step up to the plate, in his opinion. And she feels like they have stepped all over her and made her look bad and haven't done anything to to elevate her. You're right. She had a nice opportunity there with Margaret Brennan. But I think at the same time, she's thinking in her head, well, if I'm too too forward about my ability to run things mm. i'm going to catch heat from the oval office when i get back after this interview so it's there it, there's a lot of bad feeling energy around all of this and their problem is that they don't have a clear a clear person that they can look to but i think ignatius is is very bold here obviously and and when you look at the option of saying we're going to throw this chessboard up in the air and see what happens This is how democracy functions. And you know what? Democracy chose Joe Biden. Democracy chose Donald Trump. You know, when people on both sides said these are not going to be the candidates the first time around. Right. So we will see what happens.
1: It seems like everybody agrees. Chuck Todd, Margaret Brennan, they use the word threat. Do you not take the threat of Donald Trump uh, seriously? Chuck Todd, can the country survive another Trump term? Wow. Can we survive another Biden? Do you think that he would say, do you think we could survive another Biden term? I mean, if you look at what has happened over the last two and a half years, can we survive this? Um, and the way they say it's like the commentators have checked out and at factor that in. The letter that went out yesterday from Ian Sams in the White House to members of the media. To really hold the screws to the Republican Party who are trying to impeach this president and get some answers. Really? So the White House publicly writes a letter, I guess maybe it wasn't supposed to be public, and says, do your job for us, not for the country, but try to get on the Republicans.
8: Well, you know, from from a White House communications perspective, I can understand why they would say that that's the effort that they would make working on behalf of the president of the United States. They're under an enormous amount of pressure. I mean, he wasn't at any site for 9-11. They had to back, you know, pedal that whole situation. I talked to John Kirby yesterday asking him, obviously, that's a deliberate decision to not be at one of the sites because you're the first president who's not there. So tell me what went into that decision. Right. They're, They're getting hit from all sides on the border. You know, you've got 146 people who are on the terror watch list who have crossed the border. They're going to hit it from all sides. Ian Sampson's job is to frame the communications, but the media's job is different. The media's job is to, you know, glance at that memo and say, "Okay, I got to cover this story. And there is a lot of evidence in this potential impeachment case, and it is incumbent on reporters and journalists across this country to dig into Mm -hmm. it and not be embarrassed again like they were on Russia collusion uh, where they... They bought the narrative, hook, right. line, and sinker. So let's see if they can step up.
1: You ran through the pressure that they're under. But it's everything that they cost. If you score in your own goal, there's pressure on you to get the equalizer. I didn't score in your goal. You scored in your own goal. So the fact is you're desperate and have to do desperate things and go for long balls. You wouldn't have bring your goalie out to, take quite to join the corner kick offense. They broke the border. They chose not to be in country on nine eleven. They chose not to go That's to right. the previous summit. You know, you chose Kamala Harris. So, yeah, you're under pressure. But this wasn't a natural disaster. This wasn't an earthquake. This wasn't even nine eleven, where intelligence under the Clinton years was heating up. You had the job for eight months and it went down. You could go, you know, it's unfortunate a little bit. You didn't stop it in eight months. You didn't really answer the call. But this is all decisions that you make. And now you want everyone to say, I'm great, and the economy's great. Not really. They don't feel it. No, they do. It's just bad publicity. No, not really. It's not great. And now he's going to run for president with Gavin Newsom as a surrogate, Governor Pritzker as a surrogate, Governor Shapiro as a surrogate, and uh, I guess Granholm or other people that he likes to – Mayor Pete. He's not going to be out. I wouldn't – this is going to be the most unique Pro, uh, so you think Biden storm.
8: stays in and you think he's the nominee?
1: It changed. I mean, when I read this, if you asked me yesterday, this weekend, if you asked me yesterday, I was thinking, yeah, he'll he'll dig it out because I think he wants to clear his name. I think he's worried about the inquiry. I think that he wants to get in there and make sure Hunter gets his pardon and the inquiry stops and and the uh, Republicans overstep and lose the House. I think that, that he tries, be. and I think he tries for that. that could but be. then, when this Dave Ignatius thing comes, and you put the case forward like you just put forward, because I read that in a vacuum, and I was bringing that up to our producers in the morning, and they said, "Yeah, is that is, how big a deal is?" It? I go, "I think it's big," but to talk to you about it, and you have that perspective, and then hear Dave Ignatius talk about it on MSNBC,
8: wow! Because what he said today, David Ignatius said this morning. is, Every single person is talking about this at their dinner table across the country, saying that he's too old. I thought so. It's not like he's coming out of, you know, pulling this out of his hat. He this is the conversation. I mean, go anywhere across the country. And the conversation a few months ago was, oh, he's not going to run again. I remember Ari Fleischer on my show months ago. Hello. Joe Biden is not running for president again. And I have him on today and I'm going to see what he says. Oh, yeah. But um, but the midterms changed that. Yes, but it you know it doesn't change his and and I don't like to focus on his age. I just like to focus on his performance, his performance because age is just a number. It some people function incredibly well at 85, 86, 90, right? Some people function differently, you know he 's had a lot of health challenges he 's had a lot of trauma in his life i don 't know what his you know telomere age is, but you know it, it it just varies from person to person and I would love to know what 's going on in the heart of the President today as he looks at this situation and says, "What is best for the country right. This is what bothers me we don 't see people stepping aside. You could say this about Senator McConnell as well. you know everyone has pride, everyone wants to do their job, but we don't see statesman-like decisions happening in this country lately where someone says, you know what, I love my job, I love serving, but what is best for my country is for me to pull myself out of the situation. And we don't see that as much as we should.
1: Senator Feinstein, who has dementia, why we don't say that?
8: You, you have to be willing to allow the cause, the country, and service to be bigger than your own ego sometimes. Right. and. Yeah, some of these people are making a different choice.
1: So, Martha, if I'm 80 and I'm not as good – I'm a great host now. If I'm not as good, can we make a pact? You'll come in on a break and say, it's time for you to go. (laughs) Would you tap me? Because I'll be the last to realize that I've lost my fastball.
8: Sure. Sure. Absolutely, it's a pact. We do it for me too. Yes, like Mick Jagger, right? right? Like Mick, do you really want to go back out there again tonight? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he says yes. He says and everyone yes. agrees. Uh,
8: you know what? I'm I think it's fantastic that we live in a time where people are staying healthy longer and staying in their jobs longer. I think to work is one of the most. It, it, yeah, I'm not looking forward to retirement. I love working. I know you love working. Yep. But you're right. I mean, we all, everyone, at some point, does have to. You know, turn to your family, turn to yourself, turn to God, who <clears> whoever you speak to about these things, and say you know, what's the right thing for me to do?
1: Back in a moment.
3: Diving deep into today's top stories. It's Brian Kilmead. Breaking news, unique opinions, hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. The former first-round pick of the Bears, and
6: now Rodgers sits down. Loss of 10 on the play, and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. He's coming out of the game.
1: And he did, and he was never going to go back in this season Torn Achilles tendon. We're never going to forget this. I don't care where you are, a mild sports fan, a jet hater. Nobody wanted to see that, Martha McCallum. Your thoughts watching it growing up a Jet fan.
8: I I was I just couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, I was like everybody else. My jaw was on the floor. I saw you know, and and the build up, right? This hard knock season. You watch the relationships building between Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and you see him taking Zach Wilson under his arm and talking to him about technique and the nice relationship that they were able to build, which is gonna be pretty important, I think, going forward. But and then he runs out there with the flag. It's September eleventh in New York incredible moment, moving moment, 83,000, people. I mean, usually the jets have to like, you know, pull people off the sidewalk. Would you like to go see some football? Monday night football. Unbelievable Monday night football. Right. And he goes down and I was watching him. Then when he went down, like on his butt with his knees in front of him, I'm thinking, Oh no, there's something wrong here. And I remember you saying, you said when you Achilles tears, I hope I never understand this feeling. You said it gives out eventually the Achilles, right? It's got miles. And it, rolls up into your heel it's like if you break a rubber band and i thought if that's the case he knew you don't that you feel that right. you know when something snaps in the back of your heel calf area you're gonna know so i my heart is broken for him i think he really wanted to build these relationships i think he had rallied the team in such a great way it takes that kind of leadership. But that's why we watch the sport, right? I mean, you just never know what's going to happen. But this is such a heartbreaker of such magnitude. I was hoping he was going to become Broadway Aaron, like Broadway Joe, you know, a really fun character to have around New York. Right. And um, oh, tough, 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 he, tough,
1: tough, tough. He was at the U.S. Open. Oh, yeah. He was at the Nick Games. Yeah. You know, going know. to the Taylor Swift concerts. I know. Uh, here's a little Stephen A. Smith last night. Cut 30.
3: It's devastating. Um, this is a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in 12 years, hasn't won a uh, division title since 2002, hasn't been to the Super Bowl uh, since 1968, for crying out loud, when Joe Namath was wearing tight shorts. That's how far back they go. And, <laughs> and when and, you consider and it, that Vinny Cestaverde... Yeah. That, that's right. When you consider that Vinny Testaverde got hurt first game, 1999, if I remember correctly, Chad Pennington got hurt. I mean, this is the best chance that they've had in quite a long time. Even when they went to FC Championship Games under Rex Ryan or Bill Parcells, you didn't think they had the kind of chance that they had this year. So it's just devastating, all their hopes.
1: So you get it, He's he's great, Stephen A. Smith. But listen, they won.
8: They did win. And, and the guy Thank that, you.
1: And the guy that ran back the punt for the victory yep. in overtime – undrafted Mm -hmm. rookie who the Jets said, I'm holding on to him. And he said, the coach believes me. That coach is special, too.
8: He is special. And, you know, Zach Wilson didn't have the best game. But let's face facts. He he had no anticipation of being on that field that night. He's rocked like everybody else is rocked by what happened. He knows he's going to about to be put Mm -hmm. in. But. You know, I talked to Jared Max yesterday. He said people he spoke to about Zach Wilson say they're seeing a different Zach Wilson. So I'm wondering in the world of... We know how these things work and psyche. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is brought in to sort of give Zach Wilson the confidence that he needs and maybe he will have a great season. So I'm an eternally hopeful um, Jets watcher and uh, we'll see what happens. And
1: Martha, we just see when the surgery happens and he can come back. Some some people have said that you can come back in in six months. Kobe Bryant. That's right, and then you say, "Well, Kobe Does Bryant's an elite." Does he have
8: that amazing surgeon that those two guys had? I you hope so. You better
1: get it. I hope so. And the other thing is, you can So you say, "Well, Kobe Bryant's an elite athlete. Uh, so is Aaron Rodgers." Absolutely. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Who's going to be on your show?
8: So, you know, obviously we have Ari Fleischer. We're going to talk about this David Ignatius piece. Ari Fleischer is coming up. Jason Smith, Congressman Jason Smith of the Ways and Means Committee, because the, this is the first time we're going to hear from the White House in a press briefing about their reaction to this impeachment move, the impeachment inquiry move by Kevin McCarthy. So we've got a lot to talk about today. You do. Nikki Haley also joining us today.
1: So listen to this story. Pete, this happened in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, uh, people are bitter that he left. Some are glad. Some are bitter. So tell, tell us what happened.
7: So there was a bar in Milwaukee that was offering free drinks to all the patrons if the Jets lost. Now Aaron Rodgers goes down. There's apparently a whole bunch of the patrons And they're at halftime. This ha- cheering. So what happens? They run up their tabs at the end of the day, de- at the end of the evening. They're all on the hook for these extraordinarily <laughs> high tabs.
8: <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, oh, I, I mean, I, I kind of know how they feel. I felt that way when Tom Brady left the Patriots. You know, you just you just feel hurt.
1: So Gary Myers, who is a, on the Hall of Fame committee and he writes in the NFL, for the NFL for thirty years, said, "Why not Tom Brady?
8: Said, Bring why in Tom Brady. He, why
1: can't he come back? He maybe still would want to play in the East again. Or Kaepernick's people reached out to see if the Jets are interested."
8: You know what? I I think we give Zach Wilson a chance. I really do. I mean, uh, apropos of our prior conversation, sometimes, you know, it's time for some new, fresh blood in the game. And I would like to see Zach Wilson succeed.
1: I would, too. Uh, After Trevor Lawrence, he was the next quarterback taken. And people said he's a can't miss. Just whether you want a guy that's not as big. And all of a sudden, he was missing. And we'll see if he can come back. Martha McCallum, do you mind if I watch today at three o'clock? I hope you will. All right. Thank hey, you, Brian. Thanks so much for listening. Tell me, Joe. Keep it here.